How is everybody? Good, good, good. Well, we want to jump right in uh, today, and uh, we've been talking about the two parts of life, but we're not necessarily talking about that direct topic tonight. But go ahead and turn to Joshua chapter 1. And I had a issue with uh, getting the notes up on the uh, on the website, but we'll get that worked out. But the notes are pretty simple, and you'll be able to refer to them. Probably have them up there tomorrow or something. But uh, Joshua chapter one, we're talking tonight about courageous boldness. Courageous boldness, yeah. amen, and. Uh, one of, the, one of the things that has come to me recently is uh, just how much the New Testament is designed to impart boldness into believers. I mean, I'm really spending some time here that the New Testament and what it happens through the Holy Spirit, if you just look at uh, Acts chapter 1 where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit is to bring about the boldness and the power to be the witnesses of Jesus that we were called to be. And so let's just open up with prayer. Amen? Amen. Father, right now we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, for your Son. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your love and your power and being a covenant God. We just praise you, we worship you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just ask right now that our heart is prepared to receive the word. We come against anything that would be in here to try and steal the word. We come against anything that would try to block the fruit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce. We come against anything, anything. Anything right now that's coming against believers that are either here, believers that are watching live or in the archives, Lord, we come against those things in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, any hindrances now be bound and let the freedom of the word be let loose in the name of Jesus. We praise you for it. Thank you, Father, for the seed of the word that is producing fruit in each person here in this right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So one of the things that I've been really uh, meditating on is this, is that uh, there's a... The Bible kind of gets on to lukewarm. He says that it. I'd rather that you were hot or cold, but don't be lukewarm. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking all, pretty much all of my life, either you know, be hot at the top, cold at the bottom, and lukewarm's in the middle. And what he was basically saying was, be hot. And you know, don't be lukewarm, don't be cold. But I would say in my mind, what was actually happening was I was placing, you know, cold at the bottom of that list. But the truth of the matter is, 
When you're looking at the priorities of God the way that he said that in Revelation, he said, I would rather you be hot, which we know that from the full counsel of the word, that being hot for Christ, being hot for God, that's what he's after. But he literally said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, the bottom of the list was lukewarm. The bottom of the list was just checking a box but making no real difference in advancing the kingdom. Selah, <laughs> which means in Psalms that meant, think on that for a minute. <laughs> In other words, God is not interested in you just going to church all your life and your life being better only. We are left, if that was the case, would he not just take us straight to heaven as soon as we got born again? I mean, just, Lord, I accept you. Thank you for sending your son. Zip, right up to heaven. Why? Because you have a purpose on this earth. You are the salt. You are the light. You are the hands and the feet of Christ. You are his body. But if you're not doing things that the body of Christ would do, the question is, are you truly connected to the head? Are you spiritually, you know, have you, your efforts in the kingdom advancement on this earth, have you spiritually become paralyzed? Because you're having no effect on this earth. And do you realize that is a lot of people that are sitting in the pews at church every Sunday and every Wednesday? That's, that's a reality. That's a reality. Now, What's interesting is that how we get to that place most of the places is because most of the time, I believe, is because we're lukewarm. Which is why he says, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. This, us being on the earth, you can you hear the boldness coming out? <laughs> and it, us being on the earth is not to make a good living. That's not why we're here, to have a retirement plan. That is not why we're here. Those things can happen through Christ. He says actually in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says that if you are content, he said actually contentment and godliness, you combine those two things, it's a means of great gain. So God doesn't mind you having those things, but when those things are your priority, you have missed the whole point of this right here. And generally what's helped us to do that is the lukewarmness of our society and our acceptance of that lukewarmness. In other words, think back about what Jesus said. I would rather you be hot or cold. Now why is that? Because if you're on fire for God, all you got to do is just walk next to some people and all of a sudden they catch on fire, they catch on fire, you know, that... That's good sound effects, yeah, thank you. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, they, they catch on fire for God. There's a, there's a life there. There's a fire there. There's a boldness there. There's, there's a courageousness in that because you're on fire for God. But if you're cold, 
See, most people, if they're hot or if they're cold, now I want you to look at this. What does God literally define here? What does he literally define? He defines fanaticism. He, he defines fanatics. On one side or the other, he says, look, be hot all the way over here or be cold all the way over here. Don't be in the middle. You're here. I'm, gonna vom I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. This, and why is that? Because if you're hot, you're catching people on fire for God. If you're cold, most people have enough sense. It's kind of like if I, if I came up to you, I'm like, hey, what's up? Um, you want to go rob a bank? Right? You ready? <laughs> George said, let's do this. <laughs> most people have enough sense to recognize something stupid. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was just a lapse in judgment. Momentary lapse. Momentary lapse, George. It's all right. He was like, I was in the, the, hot, the hot part. I was with you. I was with you. Amen. But yeah, see, most people have the, they have the sense to see something that's entirely cold and say, I don't want anything to do with that. I know that's wrong. But see, if our job is to be an ambassador of heaven and we're not operating in the fire of God, the boldness of God, and we're not operating in the coldness of the world, but we're right there in the middle, the lukewarm, do you know what the lukewarm place is to your flesh? Comfort to the flesh. It's comfort. And so people can look at lukewarm and say, yeah I can do that and so they'll sit in lukewarm and never go to the heat never go to the fire never catch anybody else and they'll make excuses for not being bold for not being courageous for not having a voice I can tell you you know most of y'all know that I just uh, finished a pretty decent fast and what's becoming incredibly obvious to me is that in that fast, honestly, I could feel nothing. Like, I, it was really interesting to me. But since it has come to an end, I have noticed some changes. <laughs> and one of those changes is the fire of God and the desire, the heat, to desire the heat of God and to go after Him with everything I have. See, in the middle of it, I didn't really notice it, but what was happening was I could, there were some things breaking off of me, some chains holding me in mediocrity, holding me in lukewarm, holding me in this mild position that the earth can call comfortable. And right now I have a fire on me to go after him with everything I have. I didn't even realize those chains were there. I didn't even realize they were there until they were gone. You know how it feels like when you're feeling bad, then all of a sudden you start to feel good, and you're like, God, I didn't even know I was feeling bad. Or that, you know, you had a shimmy in your, in your car, you had a little bump or rattle, and all of a sudden it, you get it fixed, and it's like, oh, angels sing as you drive down the road. It feels so good, right? You didn't even realize how much it was bothering you until it was gone. That's what I'm experiencing right now. I'm experiencing a desire and a hunger for God and a boldness. And what I am seeing with the, the just, I would say, a heavenly clarity 
is how much we are not called to be lukewarm. We're not called to be lukewarm. We are called to be on fire for God. Let me just share some scriptures. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. And let's just start at verse 1. We're going to read through 10. It says in Joshua 1.1, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's, you know, that's how you want the Lord to open up his conversation with you, right? The dude that you've been following for 40 years, he dead. You're right? <laughs> that's that's uh, encouraging, right? What he always was doing, I just I find that funny myself every time I read that. But it's like, hey, how you doing? Uh, your leader's dead. You know, welcome, welcome to this new chapter in your life. Yay. You know, <laughs> but here's the thing. What is he doing? Hey, hey, Joshua, something's about to change. There's some changes being made. And I want you to focus on some stuff. This is a new period of time. You're about to, you're about to get into it. I want to tell you tonight, this is a new period of time for you. It's a new period of time for Boomerang. It's a new period of time for me. It's a new period of time for you if you accept it, if you choose to accept this mission. All right? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the sons of Israel. In other words, I am about to give you the promised land. That's what he's saying. See, it starts out with, hey, hey, the servant's dead, your leader's dead, but you're about to walk into the promised land. In other words, take heart, Joshua. I'm telling you, take heart. Because if you'll get what I'm saying, there's some stuff in the kingdom of God that will turn on inside of you and you're about to walk into the fullness of it. Amen. Amen. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Every place. That means every place that Joshua went, it's like this. When, next step, when, when, Victory, triumph, win, victory, triumph, win, victory, triumph, win. And it just keeps on and on. You see over in uh, 2 Corinthians that says it's one triumphant parade. One in in the message, 2 Corinthians 2.14. One triumphant parade. This is the plan of God for every believer. Everywhere your, your foot goes, everywhere the sole of your foot touches, I've given it to you. I've given it to you. Triumph, win, victory. So, you know, I, I heard uh, Jonathan Shellsworth recent, recently say, they got so used to, when they walked into uh, the promised land and then they lost one battle, they were so used to winning in an old covenant blessing that they said, what in the world is this losing doing here? The thing that was odd to them was losing. Because they applied this. See, we've gotten to the place where we're so used to losing that we, we flip out when we have a win. That is incorrect. This is not God. He says, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given to you just as I spoke to Moses. 
But then he's going to go in here and he's going to give them some direction on how to see the win, how to see the triumph, how to see the victory in each place. From the wilderness in this, in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. This is God to you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded uh, you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Again, he's telling them, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Amen. Be strong and courageous. Do you know what this means? You ain't backing down. You're not backing down. You're not moving from hot into lukewarm. If you're not advancing out of lukewarmness into hot, you're going the wrong direction. If you're not advancing out of lukewarmness into boldness, you're going the wrong direction. If you're staying stagnant, you're going the wrong direction. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10, now, and this is important. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying. So he goes and he starts telling them the plan. He starts telling them, we've got to be strong. We've got to be create, courageous. We've got to be strong. In other words, he's passing on the things that, were, that God said that were important. In other words, we need to live this life and then we need to let our heat, our, our uh, being on fire for God, get on somebody else. But it's not going to come by being lukewarm. It's going to come when you're on fire for God and you're bold. Recently, uh, uh, was ministering and uh, praying. And, and have you ever been praying and it's like, have you ever had prayer for you and it was an emotional moment? And uh, you're like, you're coming free from something or some stuff is breaking off of you. And maybe you're in front of the church and uh, you're getting prayer in that moment. And what's happening to you is awesome. I mean, it's really great. And then, you know, we have some, sometimes you got people and they just like, you know, go into a pile of tears and, you know, snot and everything else, you know, and they're boo-hooing, right? And then you got some people who are like standing there like, and they're just trying to be, you know, strong in the world's mind, yeah. right? But they're not. And, and what you can literally do, you know, this recently ministering, I said, no, 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 you let that go. You let that snot fly, so to speak, right? <laughs> you let it go. You know why? Let that emotion out. 
Because that's the strength of God. Because you can literally put your mind, your mind can put a clamps on the boldness that's coming out of your spirit and the freedom that's trying to get out. And you can make logical reasons as to why not to be on fire or not to have strong emotions. You've got to understand that emotions can be good and bad. And when they're for the Lord, sometimes they're to let them out. To let those things fly. You know, one of the scriptures that, that's been going through my head is, is that, you know, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. In other words, if, if you don't let go of some of that that I've deposited in your spirit, I'll cause these rocks to cry out. We need to release something. We need to let some of that go. People need to see it. People need to feel it. That, you know, we are made in the image of God and, and a lot of times we, we relate discipline to clamping all of that down. But that's not, that's not what we see in the Word. We see a passion for Christ, a boldness, a courageous. And sometimes we need to break out of that mold that the world is. This, this is what's so great about the laughter and the joy that can come on. You know why? Because if, who would just sit here and laugh like what the world would call an idiot on, just all by yourself? Nobody. You know why? Because the world has told you that that's not right. But you know who would do that naturally? A child. A child doesn't care. They're just having fun. They're just enjoying life. And the world has taught us to be such an adult that, that we will not even be bold enough to, in, our, in the middle of our family, let go of some of the passion that he's given to us, that he has designed us to be. And this same passion is released in your workplace and on the street. And, and, and there's this passion, this boldness, this courageousness. And we need to find that. Sometimes it's good just to let some stuff go and do it on purpose, whether you're feeling it or not. Just let it go. Just don't hold it back. Be hot or be cold. Don't be lukewarm. Let's turn over to uh, Acts chapter 4. Uh, let, let's go to Acts chapter 1 first. In uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you've heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the epochs uh, in which your father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. 
But what is this power for? To be the witnesses of Christ. We asked a question. Our leadership team was really examining some stuff and examining our, ourselves, just bringing about some self-awareness. And one of the things that we asked e each other, and, and uh, we said, when's the last time we won somebody to Jesus? When's the last time we led somebody personally to Jesus? Would that not be an indicator of whether or not we are allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us correctly or not? Would that not, according to these scriptures, would this not? In other words, if I'm not being a witness of Jesus and, and winning people to the, to the Lord, would that not be a testimony, a symptom of how much of the power of God I'm operating in? See, it's not enough just for me to be able to pray for myself and get myself healed. The whole point is to be a witness. The whole point is to allow the power of God to embolden myself, to be strengthened, to be courageous. This is a world today where, man, everybody's scared to put anything online. Because we're so PC, we're so politically correct. So what you have literally is you have 2 and 5% of the population that is being the voice of the population. And you've got, you've got a kingdom, a body of Christ called to be strong and very courageous and they're showing us up. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. We're supposed to be leading the way and they're showing us up. Passing every ungodly thing they can with boldness and you know what it works because boldness works it works and it's not that God doesn't love them God does love everybody but he has a good plan and his good plan is better than an ungodly plan and if we truly believe that we should be standing up for such things we should be bold. We should be strong. We should see it. You know, that doesn't mean that we go and we just rake somebody over the coals because ah, you don't know anything about the Bible. You're an idiot. Thinking about the Grinch movie. He said, I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. It's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> the echo. <laughs> but see we're not supposed to just go rape pe people over the coals because they don't know about godly things but how are they going to be know about godly things if we're not being bold if we're not being hot for God if we're not being courageous to step out and say what things are right you know we've got to stand up for unborn children we've got to stand up and stand against abortion you know how many people has it hurt? And I'm not just talking about just the babies that have died. I'm talking about the mothers and the fathers that have a mental anguish and turmoil that now has a spiritual root. They need healing. But it'd be better if they never did that in the first place. If they never had that opportunity to step into a spiritual pit. And that is set by our leaders who are set by the people that vote them in, who is set or not set by the church that decides to stand up or to say or to help educate or to take a stand for anything. It's time to be bold and courageous. 
to be the witnesses of Christ, to not rake somebody over the coals. But do you not see that to not take a stand is more devilish? In Ezekiel it says, if there's something coming and it's going to kill them and the watchman doesn't blow the trump trumpet, the watchman is guilty. You see that this is wrong and yet you stand up or don't stand up, don't do anything, you're guilty. I would like to sugarcoat that for you. But it's lukewarm to do that. I'm not going to. Be strong and courageous. And so I'm not just talking political. I'm, I'm talking about standing up and moving into the things of God. I'm talking about not making excuses for doing, doing stuff contrary to what the, the word of the Lord says. I'm talking about you got to be strong. I'm talking about when somebody comes and talks to you about another believer, another Christian, another leader or pastor or something like that. You say, ah, stop. I'm not listening to that. That's garbage. I don't care if it's true. I don't care if it's a fact. Yeah. It's not worthy of praise. Shut up. Yes. See, that's being strong and courageous. Somebody's doing something completely against the God, uh, completely against the Bible, and somebody won't stand up and say anything about it. They'll just let that stuff fly. That's incorrect. This is being strong. See, this is how you keep the boundaries of God's goodness and blessing working in the world. It comes from a strength and a boldness, not this political correct garbage. I believe political correctness is straight from the pits of hell. Diplomatic is one thing. Political correctness is a whole other issue. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Well, I don't know if I like how you're talking, Pastor Brian. I'm sorry. Not really. Verse 7. So, uh, look, Peter and John, they had just passed by the man who was lame. They said, Hey, what we have, we're about to give to you. Get up off your feet and walk. He gets healed. They uh, get mad because they healed on the Sabbath. They have him in front of the. Uh, they have him in front of the council here. And in verse seven, it says, "When they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power, or in what name, have you done this?" In other words, there was a power. There was a boldness. They were operating in a fire of God. This is what got them in this place. There was something there happening. You got to stand for something. And if it's not Jesus, what in the world are we doing? Really. I mean, stop and think about it. If we're not standing for Jesus, what in the world are we doing? And this is, I'm not like, you know, this is not rebuking you. Hopefully if you're, if you're humble, then when, how you're receiving this is I'm, I'm charging you, I'm empowering you to step it up to another level because this is where the church needs to go. There's a lot, of, a lot of people, you know, after last night's election, there's a lot of people that believe that we got a pass for some judgment of God. Well, let's say that that's so. 
But what it's really for, it's really opened up a period of time so that there can be a real great awakening of the Holy Spirit in people, a great awakening to the love of Christ. If we, if we have a past, it's simply this, so that we can win more people to the Lord, but it's, we're not going to do it if we stop pressing in. Right now, more than ever, it's the time to press in. To press in in prayer, press in in fasting, press in to the boldness and the courageousness of Jesus Christ. You know, think about Jesus. He's sitting there, he's going about his father's business, he never does anything wrong, he never does anything wrong. Not once, not even the smallest thing. And now they're about to kill him for it. And the people who said, oh, we're with you, we're with you to the death, I'll die with you. All of a sudden, push comes to shove, and all of them are like, <laughs> and disperse at a high rate of speed. And then even go to the point of denying. How do you think he felt right then? Do you, felt, do you think his flesh felt like being strong and very courageous? Or do you think that his flesh was trying to be deflated? Do you know the strength and the boldness that it took for him to save you? To go through with it? The people that just left me. Do you know the strength and courage it took for him to, to be on that cross? And, didn't, and you know here they are now making fun of him, calling out stuff. Do you know the strength and courage it took for him to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Don't you know that his flesh was saying, curse them. Stupid people, I came to save them and now all they want to do is make fun of me. You know, the flesh, see, he had to deal with those emotions. He had to deal with those thoughts. Don't you know that the devil was trying to get him to say that kind of stuff and yet he was putting it down? The strength and the boldness and the courageousness to know I'm about to die and I'm dying for these people that are making fun of me and I'm going to go through with it. I'm going into hell. And right now, my father has forsaken me and I'm going by myself. Do you know the strength and the courageousness and the boldness that Jesus had to have to give up his last breath? Because he gave it up. He said, I give up my life. In other words, he had to take his life and lay it down. Do you know the strength and the courageousness and the boldness? And we can't even let go of some emotion in worship. We can't even stand up for something that he said. And, and see, that begs the question, are we really born again? You see, there, there ought to be something that accompanies that. Are, are we really who we say we are? Or have we been lukewarm? And then the world goes, oh, I can be lukewarm. I'll claim Jesus, never knowing Jesus. See, the problem with lukewarm is lukewarm looks so, is so fuzzy in the middle. It's hard to tell who's actually born again and who's not. And so you'll have a bunch of people hanging out, all being lukewarm together. Some of them will go to heaven, but some of them will get there and, and find out, oh my gosh, I never was. And the tragedy for their lives for eternity, yes, they carry a responsibility for it, but we could have shown the light by being on fire, being strong and very courageous.
Are we operating in this power? Verse 13, I love this. It says, now they observed the confidence or the boldness. Look, look at this. Look at what this says. They observed the boldness. Do you feel the conviction of this? I hope so. It should be convicting you. And if the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction, then he will also bring the strength to bring it about in your life. It's not hard to win somebody to the Lord. you got people that are literally longing for it, that have been praying for it. It's, it's not really hard to do it. It's just the biggest portion of it is in your mind flipping the switch that says, I will be bold, I will be strong and courageous. That's the hardest part of it. But I'm looking at it going, there, we can't hold that back any longer. Look at this. Now as they observed the confidence, the boldness of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Do you see what was on them? It wasn't training. It wasn't education. What was it that they said, this looks like Jesus? Boldness. Boldness. So if there's one characteristic that we ought to be carrying with us everywhere that we go as believers, it ought to be the boldness to stand for the things of God. The boldness. Uh, just think about this situation. What if this is you and, and you're standing up now in Stanley uh, County Courthouse. They've got you handcuffed and you're in front of a judge and a bunch of sheriffs and, and police officers and everything else and they're all looking down on you, mad and everything like that and, and you don't know what they're about to do. They might be about to throw you in jail. They might be about to beat you again. But the situation, is it intimidating or not? And in the middle of that situation, that's when they saw the boldness on them. The boldness. Truth be told, uh, put the majority of the church in that situation and they shrink into a powerless, lukewarm people. But if you see the way that the gospel is designed to work, in its, this is its infancy. After Christ left. This is the beginnings of it. This is, this is when it was the most pure. Untainted. And what you see is you put a, a brand new baby believer in the middle of that situation. And a boldness rises up on them so much so that people looking on go, they've been with Jesus. It's a characteristic of somebody who's walking the walk that Jesus has called them to walk. A boldness, a strength, a courageousness. Not making excuses for it. Not making excuses for being the silent majority. But finding a reason to be bold. Finding an area to stand up. It doesn't mean that you're blowing people out at all. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that when the Holy Spirit nudges you, you're ready to go. But your natural tendency is not to shrink to being quiet. Your natural tendency is to shrink to the fire of God, arise to the fire of God and the boldness and the strength. And it preaches. Verse uh, 17, it says, 
But so that it will not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Now see, is that biblical? Don't speak in the name of Jesus? Not even close. Oh, who's telling them this? The government. I had a question somebody asked me last night. Should we, you know submit to our authority as the government or not. If it's not crossing the laws of God, you submit to them. And even if they are crossing the laws of God, you pray for them. That's what the Word says. You lift them up. You pray for them. You ought to pray. It says pray for them so that it may go well with you. See, that's what's been missing a lot is people haven't been praying. They've been saying, no, I don't like that party. So they just, I mean, they just leave them out there all by themselves instead of being the salt and the light and lifting them up. But if, they're, if it's not crossing, yes, you submit to it. But they start crossing the will of God. You know, a lot of people will say that, no, I need to submit to my government. No, you do not. You submit to God. Government is not my Lord. It's not the director. I love this country. I love our government. I love the way it's set up. But they're not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And they say, don't preach, I'm sorry. And a lot of people don't know it, but we were on the verge of that months away. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. <laughs> For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened them further, they let them go. In other words, did they let up on their persecution and affliction? No, they pressed in some more on them. Finding no basis on which to punishment, punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Here we see it again. The power of God because of the boldness of men. Not the boldness of Jesus, the boldness of Jesus on men because men had allowed themselves to take strength, courage, and boldness in Christ. Men and women made a decision. I will not be the fuzzy, lukewarm, but I will be hot for God. And the hot for God is what produced the power of God. You go on down to verse 29. They start to pray. It says, And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. This ought to be a prayer literally that's on our lips practically every day. Lord, grant to us boldness strength, courage to speak your word and to speak it with all confidence, to speak it with all boldness. And in the middle of that, you extend your hand, perform signs and wonders, heal the people, bring about the power of God. 
Father, I won't locate myself in the cold. I won't locate myself in the warm and fuzzy lukewarm. I will locate myself in all boldness, in all strength, in all courageousness. And when I move over here, I'm expecting you to move in the power of God, to move in signs and wonders and healing. See, this is normal. This is what the whole church was praying. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with a boldness. And the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace was upon them all. Was upon them all. I'll turn over to chapter 13. And verse 6. You see, there's a boldness that needs to rise up inside of us. There's a confidence. There's a strengthening that we need to draw on, not just when we hear a message like this. In other words, this is something that should be walking and, and, and a part of our lives, walking with us, abiding with us, and us in it, because this is a part of the character of Jesus. The character of Jesus you know, that walks into the temple and handles business. Uh-uh, you're turning, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. You've turned it into a den of thieves. Boldness, a strength. Well, they might kill me. I know. I don't care. You know, he didn't just do that once. He did that more than once. Went into the temple. A lot of people think it just happened once. He did it a couple of times. Went into the temple. Said, mm -mm, this is not right. And he stood up for his father's house. Now listen. Who's his father's house now? Right here. Are we going to stand up for the coldness? Are we going to stand up for the lukewarmness? Are we going to stand up for the Father's house in the heat and the fire and the passion of Jesus Christ? Are we going to go after Christ and be Christ-like or are we going to make excuses for it? Are we going to find the passion of Jesus and is it going to be on us not just after a message like this but it's going to stay on us because we make a decision. I will be strong and courageous and bold and strong and strong. In other words, I'm not shrinking back. I'm not looking for reasons to back out of things. One of the things in the fast I can tell you about is uh, I found out that my flesh yelled about stuff that it really didn't need. It, 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 it kept telling me, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> That's what my flesh was saying. But it wasn't. It wasn't at all. I mean, that was like day two. But, you know, that's how, that's how the flesh is. But it continued. And what I found out was it yelled out a whole lot of stuff that never was the case, just like the devil, the father of that corrupted flesh, that makes this big to-do. Oh, my goodness, they, they might, if you say that, they might leave the church. Well, whoopty. Be strong, bold, stand up for what's right. 
Well, you might lose friends. Good riddance. Who's, who's the friend that I really want to lose? The corrupted one or the one who's the righteousness of God? It doesn't matter when we know Jesus. It, we've, we've got to figure out whose side are we on. Well, I don't like this message. Click it off. You got a button there. And what you'll find is that there were always two sides. And you were trying to play between the two. And you've got to make a decision. Who am I with? Am I with Jesus? Or am I with the world? Because he tells me to not be entangled in such things like the world has to offer. Don't play around with them. He tells me, be hot. Don't be lukewarm. Again, I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying blow people out of the water or rake them over the coals. I'm saying that love, love makes a choice. The same choice that Jesus made. Love makes a choice. And then it sticks to that choice with strength, and courageousness and that's how you bring about the most love the lukewarm is not love the politically correct it's not love that's why I think it's evil because it's lukewarm it's the heat of God that brings about the love of God in full manifestation and the power of God we saw this through Jesus we saw this through Paul we saw this through Peter. We saw this through all of these examples. It's the heat of God that brings about the manifestation of the love of God. We can, we can entangle ourselves in the world or we can pick up and put on the strength of Christ empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we can walk out the love that God's called us to be and then be the salt and the light. Let me tell you something. You're not going to be the salt and the light in the lukewarm position. And so you will be directly denying a command from your Lord and Savior. You're not going to be the salt and the light in that lukewarm position. Here is, uh, I, I'll just tell you about it. You, you need to go read it though. But in Acts 13, it's pretty funny uh, in some senses. In Acts 13, they're witnessing and... Uh, in verse 8, it says, But Elimus, or the magician, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So this was somebody that was talking to the person that they were witnessing to. There was a government official, and he was talking to them, and he was opposing them. But Saul, who is also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that tell us? The strength of God, the courageousness the boldness, fixed his gaze on him and said, You are full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? See, this was not, this was not just somebody in deception that needed love. 
He, he de defined him. There's a difference. There's two different categories of people. One are enemies of God, the son of the devil. These are, these are ones that are outright defying God. Have they made a choice? They're bold. They're cold. They made a, made a choice to be cold, and they're bold in that. Talking about, you know, like uh, I watched a video uh, yesterday where there had some singers on the stage, and one of the lyrics was, I give a finger to the Lord. You're an enemy of God, a son of devil. This was on one of the candidate stage and platforms while they were promoting before the election. That's who they had on their stage. And literally the words are, I give a finger to the Lord. That's an enemy of God. It's an enemy of God. You do not stop to make crooked the straight ways. Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind. You will not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Now watch what the boldness. See, a lot of people in our lukewarm kind of vanilla society, PC society, they would say, oh, you just leave him alone. He's just talking bad about Jesus. He just needs God. That's not what Paul thought. And apparently the Holy Spirit didn't either because he backed him up. Holy Spirit said, that's right. You see, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. This was the Holy Spirit moving through Paul. This was the boldness. You son of the devil. <laughs> I, I get tickled at that. <laughs> you son of the devil. Kind of looking forward to having being able to call somebody that. <laughs> That's what boldness will do for you. I don't want that, but it'll kind of be funny. Hey, but it's not funny because you got somebody who's coming against God, and that's the not funny part of it. But the statement in itself, I think it's funny how he said it. And then the Holy Spirit backs him up. Now watch what happens when the boldness of God, not PC, not, well, just love them. No, 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 this is an enemy of God is what I was talking about. This is an enemy of God. Then... When he turned blind, look at verse 12. The proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. See, when we're bold, it empowers us to be the witnesses. This guy, this, this sorcerer, he had already made his choice. All he was going to do from this point forward was to lead people away from Jesus. That's not love, needs to be dealt with. There's a boldness. And I don't think that just Paul was the only one who could have done that. I believe any believer could have done that. All they needed to do was make the choice to be hot for God and not lukewarm. To be strengthened and be bold. But this boldness comes about in other ways as well. There's a, um, I wanted to tell you a story. See, when we get into the things of God, when we get into the things of the Lord, these things start to become real to us. We start being strengthened by the Word. The Word starts coming alive inside of us. 
I can't say that I've always been like this. I absolutely have not. But there was a particular time where I started really seeking after the power of the Lord because I knew it was out there. I just didn't see it on anybody and I couldn't find any pastors moving in it. But I wanted to see the power of God. I wanted to see people get healed in an instant. I wanted to see them get delivered just then. I wanted to see, and I still do, I want to see, you know, not just by somebody else's hand, I want to see by my own hand resurrection of the dead. I want to see the life of God. Brother uh, David Hogan said one time, he said, I wanted to see something that couldn't be faked. How do I even know you had a cold before you asked me to pray? You know. In other words, he said, I wanted to see something. He said, I was after the power of God. And he said, my mindset is, find the hardest thing and you crush that point and then you've attained it. And so he said, so I looked throughout the whole Bible to find the hardest thing, the biggest thing that I could say, that was the power of God that could not be faked. And he said, that for me was raising the dead. He said, that seemed to be the biggest thing that could happen. So he went after it. Now at this point, I don't know how many they've had, but in uh, probably it was about 2010, they'd had over 1,000 people in their ministry that had been raised from the dead. Yep, big. Uh, because God still does those things. That power's not dead. You know. So anyway, he said, uh, uh, he said, so he went after and he did. Well, I had been studying that and I was thinking on those things and I was meditating on. And that word started to come alive inside of me. That boldness for such things. And one time I was sitting there and uh, I was believing God and I was preaching to a bunch of, a bunch of men. And uh, we just had a men's breakfast, and I walked out of the place, and I just preached, and I was talking about putting your foot on the devil's neck, you know, and uh, it was awesome. I remember I was hyped up. I was bold <laughs> that day. And I walked out of that place, and I looked up the road, and there was an accident in cop cars, and all I saw was uh, it was far enough where I couldn't see the details, but I saw a busted-in window, and I saw a big old hunk of flesh laying on the ground and blood. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's about to happen. I'm about to raise somebody from the dead. And uh, I went running up there because I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Well, I got up there and it was just a deer. And, uh, but there was faith running up there, amen. <laughs> there was faith running up there. And uh, a deer had you know, jumped into somebody's windshield and it had you know, not done, it, it didn't end well for the deer. And I, just, I didn't feel like the Holy Spirit was there for me to pray for that deer. And um, so I didn't, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, it would have been something because it was a mess. And, um, but then it was right in that same period of time we were on the farm and my dad had some pigs and uh, one, they were getting bigger and they were, they were rising up and growing and they were, they were starting to test their limits, you know. And so we walked into uh, the pig pen, and my dad, they were getting to the place where they started to push their weight around, so he carried the stick, just, you know, to kind of nudge them where he wanted them to go and everything. Well, as soon as we walked into the pen, I mean, this one pig, and he's probably 200 pounds, so he's, he's good size, and, you know, that might not seem a lot to you till you're in there with him, you know. And uh, he came running to the gate and ran straight up to us, and so my dad, just out of reflex, he took his stick and just went boom like that, and it hit the pig right between the eyes. And um, so it was interesting because what happened next was not what we thought was going to happen that day. And uh, but the pig basically went 
and fell over and stopped breathing and uh, eyes glassed over, no more uh, water on his eyeballs. Um, he relieved himself and he was dead. And, uh, but here's the problem. See, if you hadn't grown up on a farm, you don't know these things. What you gonna do now? <laughs> he was supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to be, you know, processed and used for food later on. And, but a 200 pound pig, you know, that dead weight, that's not easy to deal with. And this happened to be down a hill and into a mess. And, and it was a big problem and we were not prepared. We didn't have the time to deal with it or anything like that. And so my dad and I were both sitting there like this, <laughs> looking at each other. What just happened? And he made this statement, and this was all the authority that I needed. He said, well, he said, that pig, it's a part of my crops. And I have a right. Well, that's all. What that meant to me was he has a right to harvest that when it needs to be harvested. And it's under his authority. Well, that's all I need to hear. That pig needed to come back to life. Amen? Anybody with me? Or anybody going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, it was just the wrong time. It was the wrong time. It wasn't ripe yet. It wasn't the right time to harvest it. And so I hadn't told this story in a while, but so we, you know, knelt down and prayed over the pig. And, uh, you know, we prayed in Jesus' name, come back to life now and everything like that. And the pig just laid there, still not breathing and everything else. And then uh, we, uh, you know, we prayed in English and then we prayed in the spirit. And, you know, we didn't have any other languages to pray in. So we stood up after a while and just said, okay, all right. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly what we said. My dad said something. And, uh, but then all of a sudden, all this word that I've been putting in me came alive. And out, out of my spirit just came a boldness. And it, it was a strength and there was a courage to do something that looked crazy. And there was a boldness that came up. And so I just knelt down on there, and, and, you know, we had just laid hands on them before like so. And uh, I just, I knelt down by him. By this time, it had been about five minutes that he'd been gone. And uh, I said, no. Nope. And inside of me, it was just like this. This is not right. It's not time. This is under authority. We have the power. We're made in the image and likeness of God. I'm not standing for this. And this boldness came over me. You mean the boldness of God came over you for a pig? It did. You know why? Probably so I could tell you this story today. And so I knelt down. I grabbed that, that pig by the back and by the nap of the neck. And I said, nope. <laughs> and I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along these lines. You come back to life now in Jesus' name. And I shook him. And, and about that time, it was... You know, if you ever hear about somebody coming back from the dead when they uh, are revived, or if you've ever seen an animal do that, they'll go, and this is what happened. He, that pig all of a sudden goes, <laughs> like that, and took his breath back in, and all of a sudden he started breathing. And, and now for about 15 minutes he was, not, he was there but not there, and uh, he was like, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but eventually, 
you know, within a few hours, he was back to himself. By the next day, he was fully back to himself, and he came back to life. Now, that pig was dead. But what I'm saying is there was a boldness that came over me. Well, what helped me that day is that boldness and that faith and that word that was alive in me, it is no different in any circumstance or any situation. The same power of God that can raise that animal from the dead is the same power of God that can heal your body, that can be your protection, that can stand up in the middle of a community and take a stand for God. It's the same power of God that can bring people back to life. It's the same power of God that can deliver you from every bondage that you have. Every bondage. So right now,